0: Hey, what's up, world? Hey, welcome back to Known. Hey, if this is your first time with us, we're so thankful that you're here. Known is a podcast where we aim to create a culture of authenticity through vulnerable stories of battles and burdens that people have faced in their lives. We do this to encourage listeners to step into the power of being fully known because we wholeheartedly believe that the reason you feel alone is because you're unknown. And so we want to invite listeners, we want to invite people, we want to invite everyone to step into the freedom that is had and being fully known and fully loved just as Christ loves us. So, hey, we're so thankful that you're here. This week we have a special episode for you, and this will actually be the wrap episode of Season 1 of Known. We're so thankful for you guys, the ratings and reviews that you've left, the encouragement that you've given us, all of the things that you've done. Man, Known is just like Humble Daily. We have no idea what we're doing. We stepped into something in faith, feeling like we were called to start podcasting, and we've just seen the fruit of that. So we're so thankful for you, thankful for your prayers, thank you for your encouragement. But hey, let's get to the episode. This week, I got to sit down with a dear friend of mine, a gal by the name of Jessica Griffith. She's so amazing. I got to spend a lot of time with her when we were out in LA filming the Titan Games together, and we get to sit down this week. We talk a little bit about singleness, the battle that that can be. We talk about Titan Games, behind the scenes, what's Dwayne The Rock Johnson really like, and we talk about finding joy in the midst of a pessimistic world. And so, guys, I think you're going to get a lot from this. Jess is just a ray of sunshine, and she's just so enjoyable to be around. Really enjoyed the time I got to spend with her and just the opportunities that we've had to just witness to people. And so, guys, I pray that you'll enjoy this episode. I pray that you'll get some nuggets of wisdom from it. And, man, thank you guys again for the support, the love, and the encouragement that you are to us. Let's get to the podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? We are sitting down today with one of my close friends that I actually just met earlier this year, but today is Miss Jessica Griffith. How are we doing, Hello. Jess?
1: I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. I just have to say, we're at the gym, and there's no air conditioning, so I have this fan sitting in front of me, so we're going to pretend like we're still in Hollywood. <laughs> Wind <blown. laughs> So if you see my hair blowing, that's why.
0: <laughs> Hollywood didn't change you at all, Jess, huh? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to?
1: Oh my goodness, life has been so crazy, but so amazing. Uh, Maybe we should talk about how we know each other first and then go from there.
0: Yeah, how do we meet?
1: So, Quinn and I both had the privilege of being on the Titan Games together. Um, I got there the first night and I just come off of competing at Granite Games in Minnesota. So right from that competition out to Hollywood and showed up super exhausted but I went down to the gym to get a workout in and here comes little Quinn walking through the gym (laughs) doors looking for his water bottle and he's got Cole Sager's shorts on. I'm like, who's this guy? (laughs) (laughs) So of course we get spiked up a conversation about CrossFit and we were going to be in Hollywood for the next two weeks together living in hotels. And so it was him and our good friend Jackie and I, the three of us were like little three musketeers and we got to experience the Titan games together and not only experience that, but grow as brothers and sisters in Christ, which is really cool um, and kind of learn, teach and like go through life together over the two weeks. And since then we've just like still kept in touch and still been really good friends. And it just kind of blossomed into this cool relationship.
0: Heck yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what man.
1: What have I been up to? That's the next yeah, question. You're
0: doing everything. Well let's let's start from the, the beginning. What's if people don't know who you are, who are you? What do you do? You've done a little bit of everything, but you can give the brief summary and we'll dive into the deeper stuff later.
1: Yeah, so I am Jessica Griffith. I am a twenty seven year old that's living in Ozark or Springfield, Missouri. As we speak, um my background is I was a uh, registered nurse for five years. I graduated in twenty thirteen with the nursing degree. And simultaneously started pursuing CrossFit, took off with my competitive career as well as my nursing career, make a really long, really cool story, very short. I quit my nursing career back in March of 2018 to pursue CrossFit full-time and do, I was doing nutrition coaching on the side. And on that journey, um, became a CrossFit Games athlete, a contestant on NBC Titan Games, and now just basically living the dream, and it's so freaking cool.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So what's the story? How did you get on the Titan Games, Jess? Because yours is a little different than mine.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're definitely <laughs> diving into both of these stories. Um, I got an email. Uh, so I had been established as a CrossFit athlete and kind of, you know, gone down that path and journey, which was has been so amazing and so with that, oftentimes comes sponsorships and big companies, small companies. And so I get this email that says, um, you should try out for the Titan Games. And I'm looking at the email and it's like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Titan Games, NBC. And I'm like, no. like <laughs> it's this the is, no. thing
0: it's like, I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> in one eyeball, out the other. Like, don't care. Like, no. And so then I keep getting emails, keep getting emails. And I'm like, okay, what the heck? Like, maybe I'll apply. I applied. We did Skype interviews. Um, all of them went really well. Before I knew it, I was flying out for the final interview. And then before I knew it, I got the phone call that said, it was last August, said, Jess, um, it's unfortunate that there's only... A couple spots on the show, but luckily that's not the case for you. You are a contestant on the Titan Games. And I was like, cool. So then flew out to Hollywood a couple weeks later, and we filmed. And that's how that happened.
0: Boom. So mine was like, so I did the application, (laughs) didn't hear Jack, forgot (laughs) forgot I even applied for the show because I was in the thick of med school. And then I'm like, oh, frick, get a phone call at Coffee with a Friend, get a phone call from an L.A. number. I'm like, I don't know anyone from L.A. That's a sales call. And so I just let it go to voicemail. and then. <laughs> but that was the call for the combine that we went out to in July. So I didn't do a single interview, didn't do anything. They literally just, like, looked at my application and were like, eh, we'll fly this guy out for a combine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it worked. So, but yeah, so that's and then funny. And
1: he was the most athletic one at the combine.
0: Uh, well, I don't know about that, but...
1: Probably so.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, so... I don't know. That's kind of crazy. I think it's funny. I was interested to see if you remembered how we met with old Cole's shorts.
1: Oh, heck yeah. I was like, who is this guy?
0: <laughs> Who's this fancy? And then
1: boy? <laughs> we were talking about med school, and then, like, we just had so many things. Like, Jesus, CrossFit, medical stuff. We're, like, we're meant to be friends.
0: Boom. Yeah, and then we went, we trained at Becca's place for a while, Becca Voight. Oh,
1: yeah. So, so shout out to Becca. Way. Well, okay, how about this? How was your experience when you... Got, first got to Hollywood and you got to the hotel. I want to hear your story and what happened when you got to the hotel. Because my story, I still can't believe that I'm alive.
0: Really? See, mine was pretty normal. So I got, what happened? I landed um, <laughs> shoot, I don't even know if I remember. Oh no, I landed, yeah, and then just rode in a van, like, I think I was the only one in the van. So I got picked up from the airport. That's a lie. That's a total lie. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking
1: you're a guy, and you're like not thinking all of these movies where you get picked up at the airport in a white van and you're going (laughs) to get pulled into sex slavery because that was my thought process. But keep going.
0: I so I'm I'm remembering wrong. That was the combine. So for the games, I get texted by Peter, one of the directors, um, and he was like, "Hey, just Uber here. I'll comp you or I'll Venmo you money." And so I was like, "Okay." So I got, I rode in a Prius with this little Mexican lady that didn't speak much English and all she could tell me the whole time was that her Prius got like 60 miles to the gallon. And so we just talked about gas mileage for 45 minutes while we drove <laughs> to the airport, but that was pretty much it for me. And then I was one of the first people there. And so I just went up to the casting suite and then I hung out with old Pete for a little while, but yeah. what was yours? So I don't remember. yours. I
1: get, there, I get picked up in a white van full of beautiful girls I'm like, okay, And they didn't tell us any details. Like we still had no idea what was going like, what the show was like. We all kind of had in our head an idea of what was going to happen. But like no details were given, no time frame. I didn't know when I was coming home. I didn't know if I was going to be able to call my family and let them know that I was okay. Like, were they going to take our cell phones? I don't know.
0: I think we all had a level two. like we thought it was going to be like a reality TV show a little bit where we like they move us into this house or something and we're like coexisting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we we're all kind of hoping that because yeah. that would be really fun and cool, right? Yeah, so like, didn't know where I was staying. Like, I usually give a location when I'm traveling, had none of that information. So I get there to like come up to room XYZ, and I'm like, okay. So it's in like a totally different part of the hotel from the rest of the rooms. So I'm like, I'm still convinced that I'm going to get sold into sex slavery. I get up to the room and I open the door. <laughs> And there's this table with this really flamboyant blonde man and then this African-American man, if we're being politically correct, with an afro and a German shepherd sitting on the floor. And I'm like – and, like, they might as well have been smoking cigarettes. Like it, like, it was a bad movie. And I'm like, what the heck is going – like, why is there a German shepherd? Who are these guys? Like, they don't look any – like, he looks like a pimp and – I don't know, we're in L.A., like, and I'm just a sweet little blonde girl from Podunk, Missouri. Well, luckily, we were, in fact, on the Titan Games, and those were just producers, <laughs> and the German Shepherd was a um, therapy dog of one of the contestants, <laughs> and everything was okay. So yeah, then we proceeded with the check-in process and started the Titan Games, but oh, I was truly convinced that this was a total scam. And I can't believe that my father let me go out there and do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we were we were there for like two or three days before we actually figured out the format of the show, weren't we?
1: And even then, they still never told us. And we're like, we still think this is what's going to happen. And it ended up, like, I think playing out the way we all thought. But they never told. They, like, expected us to know. And they never told us.
0: And we're all like, so when's The Rock show up? Like, every, <laughs> every meeting we go to, we're like, is Dwayne going to be there? never shows up
1: some of the contestants didn't even get to meet the rock like
0: (laughs) that would suck.
1: we're super bummed
0: (laughs) i would be pissed um so what's what's your opinion of the rock that's like the only question i get asked what's he like you know i'm like
1: so sick of answering this question everybody's like what was it like meeting the rock i'm like guys he's just a person who is like similar to you and I that finds a passion and just takes off with it and goes and makes something of themselves. Like he's just the guy he's nice. He's kind. He's genuine. Like everything you see. Yes. 100% amazing person who is incredibly talented and has gifts and has completely used them to um, just take off with his life. So kudos to him.
0: I think, I think one of the coolest parts was like when we were backstage, we got to watch him mess up. You know, like when he would jack up his lines, that was awesome.
1: (laughs) I literally am like, you could really tell his true character because one, it was two in the morning and three, we get to watch him mess up his lines and then humbly say, Oh, I'm sorry. Can we do that again? Like was so kind.
0: Yeah. No, I thought that was, that was one of my favorite parts. Um, I
1: also thought it was pretty neat that we got to like, Use the same cameraman and makeup artist that The Rock uses, <laughs> so we were basically his co stars <laughs> and we're basically famous Hollywood actors now.
0: <laughs> there you go. Minus the salary. But
1: perspective.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, anyways, Jess, so what's up? You're you're dig in the thick of the CrossFit season now, right? So yes. what's what's going on there? What's the update? You've declared team to go to the games with some of your best friends, and so what's going on there?
1: Yeah, so it has been a wild season, and anyone who's been following CrossFit knows that. Um, A lot of, like, up in the air is what is going to happen this season. Uh, My goal this year was to try to qualify individually again. Um, I competed individually in 2017. I missed it by one place in 2018, so I was kind of hoping that 2019 was going to be my year of redemption. I went to compete in London and I didn't qualify out of London. I tried to qualify out of the open. I didn't qualify out of the open. I could have kept trying to go individually, but I didn't want to risk not being at the games at all. And I had a team, we, uh, my team from Wadapalooza had qualified and we had a deadline that we had to declare if we were accepting or declining our invitation. And, so I just kind of made the executive decision to not miss out on the CrossFit games and go team, uh, which was, is awesome. And we have been having so much fun. We've done a lot of rogue and granite games. Um, and we've had a blast competing and it's been, and then we went to Virginia last week to train together and that was super fun. Come to find out, I did end up qualifying individually out of London by the trickle effects that's been happening all season. Um, And so a lot of questions from others and myself are, are you okay with that? Was, are you still okay to go team? And yes, I want to, it's more important to me to keep my word, you know, to my teammates. And, um, I felt like that was the right thing to do opposed to being selfish and taking, you know, my individual, going the individual path. Um, but luckily I know in my head that I still qualified and that's amazing to me. And, um, gives me the validation that I'm on the right track doing the right things and I'm good enough to be out there as an individual. Um, so that's kind of been like a learning experience this year. Um, just being, having that selflessness and kind of given the opportunity to exercise that, um, which is cool. And I like, I love to grow and I love to learn and this, that was a perfect way to practice selflessness and um, so that was really cool and kind of a defining uh, moment in my year this year. Um, but yeah, super excited to go team. And we went to Virginia last week to practice as a team. And for those of you who are confused, Camille is our girl on the team. I, we've competed with quite a few different girls, but Camille is the girl. Um, and so we've had, we've faced challenges with her Um because of our height difference. Like at Rogue, you saw we had the deadlift pull-up workout, and she was doing like a max vertical up to the pull-up bar every time. Um, Cody and Alec are both six foot, so we've got the height difference on the worm. We've got partner deadlifts. Um, So there have definitely been obstacles that we've faced as a team, and it's been interesting to work through that because we are all very good individual athletes. But putting putting us on a team... Um, has kind of, has challenged us. And that's okay because that's part of it and that's what makes it fun. And I think, you know, I always say if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And so I'm kind of excited to face some challenges this season as we practice together and learn together and how do we overcome the obstacles, um, which will make it a fun training season. So now we're just trying to decide when are we gonna meet up again? Uh, we want to meet up at least one more time before the games, but that's creeping on us quick more quickly than I think we all realize. It's the first week in August, so it'll be here before we know it. And I think everyone is anxious to see how it plays out just because there's just been so many questions this season so far. Um, will it be a fire festival? Will it be normal, will it be normal CrossFit games? <laughs> we, no one seems to know the answers. So I think we're all pretty curious.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So just one of the things about you, some people know, some people don't, um, that, I mean, you're kind of talking about overcoming obstacles and challenges and all that stuff. But when you first started CrossFitting, CrossFit was not the modality. It wasn't the sole thing that you were doing in your life, right? So you were balancing, uh, being a nurse, you were a travel nurse, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, when I started CrossFit, I was a regular nurse based in a hospital and I did that for three years. Okay. And then the tail end of my career, I was a travel
0: nurse. Awesome. So what did you, how did you initially balance like that? Cause you were kind of pursuing this thing that you really wanted to pursue and you felt like God had gifted you to, to do it. Um, but you're also, I mean, it's not like you're not gifted at being a nurse, you know? And so how were you balancing those things? I know when we were out in LA, we talked a little bit about the frustration of like, working a 12 hour shift and then going to the gym and having to get all your workouts in and crying while you're on the airdyne and stuff, you know? Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so what was that like? And uh, what did God kind of teach you through that process as he grew you and kind of shaped you and molded you for where you are now?
1: Yeah. And is, this is something that I love to share because I have been blessed to be able to walk away from my nursing career where a lot of people don't have that choice. And so anyone who is balancing a job and trying to pursue CrossFit or, who's been bitten by the CrossFit bug, drinking the Kool-Aid, like um, it is very challenging to balance both and pursue both wholeheartedly and successfully. Um, one thing that I think helped me the most was I graduated, I got I started my nursing career when I was 21 years old and that's when I also found CrossFit. That's the thing, I was 21 years old, so I could man it with no husband, no boyfriend, no kids. Um, I could afford to work seven P to seven A all night long and then still have energy to go to the gym from I'd go from like seven thirty to noon, sleep for four hours and then go back to work. And it's like, yeah, of course I could do that. I was twenty one years old. Like but then that went on for two years and I <laughs> and I'm just being transparent, I got to the point where I was borderline suicidal because I was so exhausted. Um, I was, and I didn't even realize how bad of shape I was in until like, I literally would have suicidal ideations. And I was like, I've got to make a change. And I, I don't know why I feel this way because I'm not a depressed person. Depression is not something that I struggle with. Come to find out it was, I was just so run to the ground and exhausted, um, that I was like killing myself. And so I started working in the ER and I worked from I think I started on the three to three shift. So I would go in at 3 p.m. and get off at 3 a.m., which was a little bit more normal. I was able to get a little more sleep and still kind of be in the gym for a long time. Um, Oh, you know what? I was actually 11 to 11, 11A to 11P. And so that got me on a normal sleep schedule. I got my mind back in check and fortunately have not struggled with any suicide ideations since then. Praise the Lord. Um, but that can be a very, that was a very scary time and, um, it just goes to show how important like mental health is and how important it is to take care of yourself. And like sleep is very much a key to life. Um, so I got, you know, kind of in a dangerous area and was able to identify it and come out of it. Um, so if that is something that you struggle with, check out your sleep schedule and see if that has anything to do with it. Um. So then I started working 11 to 11, and then I went three to three. And I found I think it was the 11 to 11 that worked best for me. Um, but it's just, I loved CrossFit so much, and I loved being in the gym, and it gave me life, and I was being successful at it. Um, but yes, there were many times that towards the tail end of my career, I was trying to train as a games athlete and work full time as a nurse. And like you said, there, Like I specifically remember, there was a day where I had uh, – they were echo bike intervals, and I would ride my intervals. I think it was like 20 seconds on, 30 seconds off. I would sprint for my 20 seconds, and I would rest for the 30, and I would just cry. And then I'd start for 20 seconds, <laughs> and then stop and cry. And it's like, this is not healthy. Like this is not – this is not what God wants me to do this is not what I want to do. This is not healthy. This is not making me successful. I need to make a change. And, um, so I luckily was able, I had the opportunity to leave my career and pursue CrossFit full time. And like I sleep eight hours a night now and eat a balanced diet and I get to work out all day long. And I've just, I've never been in a more peaceful place. And it's also super cool because I took a huge pay cut. And I, I was definitely making way more money as a nurse and, uh, but it's just crazy because I'm, I've never been more happy and enjoying life so much more. And so like, that's another thing I've learned is like, money doesn't make you happy. And that was a huge realization for me because I like being successful. I like, um, I like having a lifestyle where I can not have to worry about money and, um, that can be a dangerous place to live too, when you're just like not a good steward of your money. And so that's been something that I've learned this year. It's just like budgeting and trusting that God will provide. And um, there's been months where I'm living paycheck to paycheck. And, um, but it's like God provides and God goes before me. And it's kind of cool to watch the financial opportunities spring up every single month. And since I quit my job, I've never not had my bills paid. And, like, have continued to tithe and be faithful in that arena. And it's just, like, God has worked in so many amazing ways in the last year and a half that, like, I can't help but share it and be excited about it and trust that his plan is way better than my plan. And, like, it's just, it's unreal.
0: That's awesome. I think uh, one of the coolest things about your story is that so much in your life has come on the back of disappointment. Um, and so, Everything.
1: Think, yeah, <laughs> exactly. bad decisions and like selfish, sinful decisions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so like, let's talk a little bit. Was it your 2018 season that was, you missed by like five points or something. Um, so walk me through that. Cause if I remember our conversations correctly, it wasn't just, you missed the games. It was a end of a relationship and the end of a job all kind of within the same season yeah. too. So, uh,
1: 2018. It was eight weeks before regionals. My boss came up to me, and so I was a travel nurse at that point. And so basically a travel nurse is, I work three month contracts, and I can bounce around if I want from city to city, wherever a hospital needs a nurse. But I had been in St. Louis for two years and had just kept re-signing contract after contract. And they were always short staffed, so it was a pretty stable job eight weeks before 2018 regionals, my boss comes up to me and says, we don't have it in the budget to keep you anymore. We are going to let you go after this contract. It's nothing personal. We just don't have the money to afford you as a travel nurse. I was like, okay. Um, I didn't want to get a new job eight weeks before regionals because it's stressful enough prepping for regionals. It's stressful enough learning a new job, like to combine both of those. Like I, saw myself spiraling back to, you know, suicidal ideation territory, and I'm like, I'm not trying to do that, and I had been praying that I could be a full-time athlete, and that was a desire of my heart. I didn't want to do it until the following January, and it was only March, and I'm like, well, I feel like God usually shows up late, but this time, I feel like maybe he's showing up early, and I had a piece about, like, trust me, step into full-time athlete, like I will provide and, you know, the whole nine yards. And I was like, okay, sure. God, um, I will take this leap of faith and trust that you'll provide finances. You'll provide an awesome path. And I want to, I want to take you up on this and I want to hold you to your promises. And I feel at peace about this. So I'm, I'm going to trust you with that. So I left my job, started prepping for regionals Uh, I think it was like three weeks before regionals. Uh, I'd been dating my boyfriend for two years and I felt like God was laying it on my heart to break up with him. Uh, He wasn't a Christian. He wasn't my husband. And I knew that he wasn't for me, but I'm like, really? Like three weeks before regionals, like this is stressful. God's like, trust me. Okay. Um, So I decided to also hand that over to God and, let him handle that situation. And then we get to regionals and I don't qualify for the CrossFit games. And I'm like, okay, but it was crazy because like, so it was, I was in a qualifying spot all weekend and then it was the final event. I knew it wasn't a great event for me, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've got enough of a lead where I don't have to worry about it. Like I can pretty much bomb the workout and I think I'm still good. Well, I wasn't, Um, but even when they called, they called, you know, they said fifth place, going back to the CrossFit Games, you know, between Jen Smith and I, and we've both been to the CrossFit Games, they called Jen's name, I still, like, had such a peace, like, immediately a smile came over my face, and, like, I couldn't help but be happy for Jen, and and it was really also kind of cool, because, because of everything I was going through at in that season, I was in the word a lot and praying and doing my devotions every morning and like staying close to God. And it was like all of his peace, like just like showered over me right in that moment. And like, that's a scary moment because not only are you standing in an arena full of people that are expecting you to qualify, but like you've got the cameras in front of you, people at home watching. And for me, I can't always, like control my facial expressions when I'm hit with such great emotion. <laughs> and like, that was a very emotional moment for many reasons. Um, but luckily, like I, again, just felt God's immense peace, like fall over me. And so I went over and congratulated Jen, um, and was able to walk away from the weekend, just glad, like so many awesome things happened that weekend where, like fans reached out or said, I love being a part of your journey or you inspired me on my journey. And like so many amazing things came from the weekend that I'm like, I can't even be mad about not qualifying because I was able to like be a light for the kingdom and like show the world, like how to lose on a public platform and like still trust that God has a plan for me. And like, to me that meant more than, qualifying for the freaking crossfit games i'm like i'm not here to qualify for the crossfit games i'm here to glorify the lord you know? um so then back to the other story of being stripped of job boyfriend and now crossfit games title i was <laughs> i was supposed to go to florida right after regionals to celebrate becoming a crossfit games athlete and i'm driving in my car and i'm cr- like i finally had a moment alone where i could just like reflect on what just happened in the last eight weeks and I just cried and I'm like God like you just stripped me of my job of my boyfriend and of this title like what and like I had such a peace I have such a peace about everything but I don't understand what you're doing like I had all my plans figured out and you just took that all away and I just felt like God was saying to me yeah, like you had all your plans, like you had all your plans set in stone and you had, you were trying to do it without me. And so I took it all away so I could finally work in your life. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what the heck to do. Like, I don't know what you have up your sleeve. Like I have nothing to offer you because you literally just took everything away from me. And he's like, yes, like, that's exactly where I want you. Like, I want you to surrender to me and let me take the reins and let me like guide your steps and go before you and create a picture for you. And I was, and I'm very much like, I want to plan. Like I am in charge. Like I'm going to go out and be successful and use the gifts that God's given me to go be this wonderful person. And even then, like it was backfiring. And so I finally surrendered and was like, okay, you do you, like, you take the reins here, and Quinn, like, that's when I got the phone call for Titan Games, that's when I started traveling the world, and having the most incredible experiences, that's when all my, like, nutrition clients skyrocketed, and my bills have been paid every single month, it was like, as soon as I shut up, and let God take over, it's like, I've never lived a more incredible life, and like, every single day, it continues to unravel into this radical story and it's like so now Camille LeBlanc-Bazinet is calling me up asking me to be on my games team like what like that's crazy like I just was this little dinky crossfitter a couple years ago and now it's like God has just completely skyrocketed and like catapulted my career into what it is today and it's just like so crazy
0: <laughs> that's so awesome I love the line uh I heard this quote the other day that he's the prince of peace not the prince of our preference um and I think that's so works so well with kind of what you're talking about. So what, like, what do you think that he did? Cause in a way it sounds like he reclaimed your identity to him in the whole process of disappointment. Um, so what are some ways that you've seen kind of God work in your identity, help, help reclaim that spot. Cause that's not an instantaneous thing. Like obviously it was a journey. Um, kind of how did, how did God walk alongside you in that road of you coming, kind of becoming that like someone who is solidified in like my gifts, my purpose, the things that I'm doing are for the kingdom. Um, and more confident in that, in the way that you walk in the way that you do life now.
1: So I've, I've been a Christian since I was seven years old. Like I grew up in church and, you know, my mother has been an incredible prayer warrior my whole life and my journey certainly hasn't been perfect. Um, but I've always, by the grace of God, have ventured back to God. Um, I have always sought the Lord, um, what I did a lot in my college years and even up until just this past January was I would listen to sermons a lot. Um, I would always remind myself of the Bible verse, whatever is true and noble and right to think of such things. Um, I always reminded myself that like God has a plan for my life and um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Um, I would just kind of like, in like Ephesians 3.20, I could do anything more than you could ever imagine in your wildest dreams. Like I always would like repeat and recite those verses to myself. And I feel like that got me through, especially like the boyfriend job and regional story, like those verses and um, listening to the sermons. That's kind of what got me through that season. It wasn't until just this past January that I really felt like God laid on my heart to, have my own fellowship and own quiet time with him. Um, I am a very busy mind, busy body running around doing crazy things. And like, it's very, very difficult for me to sit down and be quiet and not move, like not get distracted by my phone or my to do list for the day or what's going on in 30 minutes from now. Like I'm very productive and I like to move and I like to get things done. Um, and I, And, like, even listening to my sermons in the morning, like, was a check off my to-do list for the day. Like, although it was feeding me, it was still, like, I wasn't having—I was just listening. And I wasn't, like, seeking God on my own and getting in the Word by myself and being quiet to listen to what the Spirit laid on my heart. Um, It wasn't until January that I actually started doing that and, like, I bought a prayer journal. I got a devotional. I started waking up every morning and having coffee and just, like— Taking 30 minutes of my day to get quiet with the Lord and like thank Him for things and be praiseworthy, like praise Him for the blessings in my life and listen to what He's laying on my heart for that day or for this season. Um, It wasn't until then that I like started to feel even more peaceful um, and be able to. I've always been confident in like His plan, but it's just like. Like, I've always, like, this was this morning, like, or I guess a couple days ago, I've always been afraid of the Old Testament. I'm like, the Old Testament is so boring. Like, it's old. Like, it's old. Like, you can't understand anything it's talking about. Well, yeah, no crap. I have never taken the time to dive into it and learn it and, like, dissect it. Well, I started doing that. And, like, I got completely lost in numbers this morning, like, reading all about (laughs) Moses and, like, figuring out how cool, like... Joshua was and how he trusted the Lord and like went into the promised land knowing that he could defeat the giants because God goes before him. Like I've never done that. Like I've never had to do that. Like I grew up in church. I grew up in a Christian family. No one's ever really challenged my faith. And then God was finally like, let me teach you something. Like get quiet with me so I can grow you and stop being a baby Christian and like take time with me and like come find me. And again, like the plans just keep evolving and unraveling and every day I wake up and I'm like new opportunities arise all the time. And I'm like, how, how does this happen? And it's like, God's able to bless me because I'm seeking and finding and like glorifying him and like finally building a relationship with him. And it's just like, it's so, it's such a fun life, you know? Hmm.
0: That's so cool. I think I heard that old Puritan saying the other day, it says you can't pour wine into a shaky glass. And I think so much of us are like, we're always moving where there's always noise in our life. We're always doing stuff. we never sit still. And in that, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I hate being still. It annoys me. And so like seeing that and seeing kind of the fruit that you've already seen just from spending time in the word, spending time with God. I think if there's three main veins that Jesus modeled for us, it's time in the word, time in prayer and time in community. And so seeing that kind of, uh, just bear fruit in your life so quickly is super cool. So if there's people that are listening and they maybe they don't do that, they're not taking the time to cut that out. They're not taking the time to actually get in the word. Maybe they're intimidated by the Bible. What are some What's some advice that you'd give them to kind of dive into that uh, vein of how Jesus modeled for us to live?
1: I mean, I'm the first person to admit that. Like, I don't like reading the Bible. I'll straight up say it. Like, I, it's confusing. I get distracted. Like, it bores me. And I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way. Um, something that has helped me was I got, uh, Joyce Meyer has a Bible that's called the everyday life Bible. Um, I got one at Barnes and Noble, but you can obviously order it offline. Um, but it is the Bible, but then has like, she dissects scriptures and passages and like gives life points and has prayers within it. And like I said, I got lost in numbers this morning. Like who does that? And it was just because I was so curious with her, excerpts and interpretations of the scripture and then it leads me into like taking quiet time to meditate on it and how does it then speak to me and how does it relate to my life um another thing i've done is i bought a prayer journal which like if you don't pray every single day multiple times a day like you are missing out because prayer is like the number one thing to make your life incredibly awesome um but having a guided prayer journal has just, uh, it's like it taught me how to pray. Um, and that maybe sounds funny because I've been a Christian for 20 years, um, but it's every day I write in it and it just kind of like gives structure. Not that you need structure for prayer, but it just kind of like, now I always can at least pray for 10 minutes because I run through that format and, and then some if I've got other things on my, you know, other things I want to discuss with the Lord. Um, those are my main two things, like get in a Bible that you can like dive into and then just, you know, getting more intimate with your prayer life.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think too, like if you're a distracted person, like you and I are that I think a journal is like really the only way to pray, you know, like cause yeah. my thoughts wander so much if I don't have at least a list of something in front of me, or if I'm not cognitively like investing in writing on a page, it's like what did I have for dinner last night? You know, like and it just starts drifting into, what
1: am I, I got to go to the grocery store and get dinner for tonight. Like. Yeah,
0: Exactly. <laughs> <coughs> it, <laughs> I love that. Jess. So if we're going on, um, and I hope you hear this as I mean it kind of, uh, one of the ways I think it's super cool, like your life, the way that you're doing stuff, like you said, you're traveling the world, you're working out for a living, you're hanging out with some of your best friends. Um, you live an awesome life and God's blessed you in a ton of ways and not asking you to be cynical of your own life. But, um, if we kind of strip back the highlight reel, what's an area that you kind of feel pressure in? What's an area that you feel like God's kind of, uh, like squeezing you, making new wine in and you, is there something that, um, that you're being grown in right now outside of maybe just the, the time with him? It sounds like he's really grown you in that. Is there something else that you feel pressure towards? Um,
1: it's mostly just, Real, like, yeah, peeling away the awesome, like, worldly things and just realizing, like, we are living for a bigger purpose and, um, like, continuing to make it all about God. Like, everything revolves around God and everything needs to revolve around God and all the glory to God. Like, I can't do this on my own. Like, I haven't done this on my own. And um, it's because of him blessing me with these gifts that I am responsible for using them. And so just like being conscious of that and like just living with Christ's character um, with this platform comes responsibility of like dealing with people that maybe you don't want to deal with all the time and having the patience to um, you've got I've got my to do list for the day and everything I need to get accomplished. And it's like maybe I need to go a little bit off the beaten path to be there for somebody or to be a servant and Um, So really just like praying for patience and selflessness and having a servant's heart. Um, Those are not areas that I exceed in by any means. Um, Stuff that I, if I had to pick out areas that I struggle in, it's those areas. Um, And just not being on my agenda all the time, but like we are here to be a light in the world and um, keeping that focus. And how would Jesus approach this situation? Um, So just learning how to go about scenarios in life, great scenarios, poor scenarios, sad scenarios, like scenarios that you don't want to be in, loving the unlovely, Um, those are always challenges that I face and am continually working on
0: that's awesome. So I think just one of the things that uh, a lot of people are attracted to about you is the fact that you have a really positive outlook on life and you, you do kind of find like the glasses have full opportunity or you try to and everything, at least from my experience around you, um, which I think is why you and Jack's connected so well. Cause you're just polar opposites. <laughs> Jack's is such a realist. <coughs> um, but I think, like what's your advice to people like that? Cause I would say I lean more towards like the Jack side of things where I'm like, well, let's just bring some reality into the situation instead of actually looking for the opportunistic. I think there is like a gospel driven optimism that we as Christians should have in our lives. Um, so kind of what, how do you operate it? Even if, even if it is just kind of a gift you've always had, what are some things that you found are helpful in being optimistic about life, seeing gifts, having gratitude, expressing gratitude and all that stuff? Um,
1: something I'd kind of like, come across in the like a epiphany that I've had lately is um there's good and bad in every season and life comes in seasons and there's really great seasons there's really bad seasons there's mediocre seasons um something that I've found is and and I've like looked back on life and have thought to myself I wish I enjoyed that season more it's like when you leave a season you usually only remember the good from that season. And it's like, man, that was such a good time. And like, I was so anxious to get out of that season and move on to the next. And I really wish that I like embraced it more. For example, I used to live at the beach in high school and like we would leave school and go lay on the beach. And it, like, I had a beautiful place to run along the ocean cliff and it's like, man, I wish I like was more excited to be in that season of life, but I was too caught up in like drama on the cheerleading squad and, Getting through, you know, college applications and getting through high school, and I like let the devil rob me of the beauty that was around me because I was so caught up in negativity. Um, and so that makes me realize like there's good and bad in every season. And just remind yourself of the Bible verse, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right. Think of such things like in every in every season there's going to be good and bad. Like, why not just focus on the good? Why not like take your day to like appreciate and give praise and say thanks for all the good that's going on. And yeah, there's a time and a place to acknowledge the bad and acknowledge like the poor things that are going on. But if it's going to affect your mood and, you know, put a negative spin on what's going on around you, like what, what good does that do? Um, So I always just try to make a conscious effort to focus on the good and like be grateful for what is going on. And even if it's not a good time, like, we go through trials to build our character. And so give, pray, give thanks for going through those hard times. And I always tell like my friends, if they are going through a hard time asking for advice, it's like, no one wants to talk to you if you've never been through anything. Like people want to be relatable and talk to someone who's gone through this. And how did they get through it? Like divorce, abortions, breakups, loss of job, loss of finances, like, If you've never experienced that, you can't go relate and talk to someone who's going through it and help them through that. So it's like, learn, like take it for what it's worth, learn from it, move forward, and then go and help someone who's going through the same thing. And I don't know, that's just how, I've always been like that. Like it just always, I love finding the good in things and I love like challenging myself to like find, find the good in every situation play a game I
0: think maybe yeah no absolutely um do you think like since you started doing like prayer journaling and stuff has that even helped the cause and helped the situation does it kind of bring things more to the forefront of like I don't know for me at least like when I'm prayer journaling and doing that stuff I'm more aware and in tune with the things that I actually prayed for and so I see God fulfilling the promises that he gave me and fulfilling certain things in my life um that's helped me in my optimism do you think part that's helped you at all or
1: For sure and I think like it allows me to I think it may has made me more comfortable talking about it like if we had this conversation a year ago I don't think I would feel as comfortable like pouring all this out as if I do right now um it it kind of like it solidifies it for me. And when I put my thoughts down on paper, it like lets me organize it and like think through it. So then I can go out into the world and like discuss it with other people and feel comfortable discussing it.
0: Hmm. That's awesome. So what's your life verse? Jess?
1: Second Timothy <laughs> um, one seven. I have not given you a fearful or timid spirit, but a spirit of power, love and self-discipline. Um, I love it because like, we're called to be courageous and bold and, um, to not be afraid. Like God goes before us. He has a plan for us and that's his promise. And we need to stand on that. Um, so I love the first part of the verse and then the second part of the verse just makes me feel like a superwoman Cause it's like, I've given you a powerful spirit, a spirit of love and a spirit of self-discipline. It's like, yes, I'm powerful enough to go out into the world and conquer the plans that you've set before me. Um, we need to love others and like, I've got love never fails tattooed on my side. Like it, you can't get through this life without love, like love from our father and then loving other people. And then self-discipline. It's like, God has made us create. Like he's given us gifts and he gives us a responsibility to be disciplined, to fine tune those gifts and grow those gifts and use the gifts out in the world. So it's like that whole verse just like makes me feel like a superhero.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Just what's your encouragement to people that, uh, maybe they don't really know what they're doing. Maybe they don't have a path. They're not sure really the direction that they're heading in. Um, being that you've been in a few spots in your life where you didn't know what was next and God's always come through, uh, what would be the encouragement to people?
1: Um, know that God has put desires in your heart for a reason. Um, You are unique and you are special because that's exactly how God made you. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, You are perfect just the way he created you. Um, God doesn't make mistakes. And you are shaming him by thinking that there is something wrong with you because God doesn't mess up. Um, And shame on you for thinking that you are not a perfect creation because you are in his eyes and that's all that matters. Um, And stand on the promises that he has a plan for your life, that he loves you, and that he's created you for greatness. Um, And... Take those desires in your heart and fine-tune them, grow them, share them, and get out in the world and be the person that God has called you to be. You are held responsible for what you've been given. You need to give thanks, be prayed, pray, like give the Lord praise, and trust that He does go before you and has a plan. And He will, He'll put you through really hard times and hard times that you feel like you can't get through, but know that He goes before you and He will defend you. And again, it's your responsibility to trust in him and stand on his promise and hold him accountable for the promises that he does give us as his children. Um, That's kind of what gets me through my day to day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, just for the purpose, I'm just thinking of this, I actually didn't prep this at all. But for the purpose of, um, we've talked about missionary dating before, you (laughs) and I did. What do you, (laughs) what do you think? What's your advice on that? Explain to people what missionary dating is in case they don't know what that is. And then (laughs) Um, talk to them why they shouldn't do it.
1: Okay. So, I mean, I'm 27 and I think my whole dating career has been missionary dating. And if you're not familiar with that term, it's basically dating someone who's not a Christian with hopes of them becoming a Christian, getting them saved, or tricking yourself into thinking they are saved and they're not saved. Um, But... I don't recommend. I mean, I've done it, and it's not worked out for me. Um, My most recent relationship was the definition of missionary dating. He told me he loved me, and I told him that it's never going to work if he doesn't love Jesus. He went to the altar that Sunday, and then the next Wednesday we were boyfriend and girlfriend. And like by the end of the two years, we (laughs) we were having our breakup conversation, and he said, you know, it's like you're trying to pull me this way towards Jesus and I'm trying to pull you this way towards away from Jesus. And I'm like, well, I'm never going to, I don't ever want to be pulled away from Jesus. Like I'm not being true to myself. You're not being true to yourself. Like I want to raise godly children. Like we'll run into issues there. I want to like pray with you. I want to go through life with you. When I'm going through a hard time, I want you to like, I want you to go to the Bible to help me figure out how to get through this and vice versa. And if you're not equally yoked in a relationship, that stuff doesn't happen and that stuff matters. And, um, if if you're not equally yoked, it just doesn't work. At least it hasn't in my own personal experience. And so my biggest prayer request is that, you know, I do pray for my husband in my prayer journal every day. Um, but I also pray that he loves the Lord more than he loves me. Um, because there's, You want, for girls, you want your husband to be the spiritual leader of your house, um, 100%. And you don't, you know, you want your kids to look up to their dad and, like, and him be a role model and be someone that they can look to for godly counsel and guidance. And I also want to look up to that, you know, as my husband. And then you get into, like, sex and, you know, that all that brings into a relationship and the hurt and like confusion and frustration that that can bring into a relationship. Like it, it just doesn't work. I just don't recommend it at all. What do you think?
0: No, I think, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like the whole phrase of if you're unequally yoked, you're going to either two things can happen. If you get married, right. You're going to get pulled away from Jesus. You can get pulled away from your faith or you'll get pulled away from your husband or, and or wife. Um, so it's either going to end in divorce or lack of faith, which are two things that, I wouldn't desire for anyone. So, um, so that's, that's where I land on it too. I think, I think that's very wise. What's, what's the advice to people or really girls, I think, unfortunately, um, who are, who are going to compromise their standards for the sake of loneliness. What would you say to them?
1: Um, so that has been something that I've dealt with. I'm 27 and still not married. Um, and so for a while, Like I was sad that I was still single and I was um, like, what's wrong with me? Why, you know, I feel like I'm doing all the right things and I'm trying to be who God has called me to be and it's not working out. And I reminded myself, like, again, there's nothing wrong with me. Um, God goes before me and God has a plan for my life. Um, And you don't want to end up with the wrong man. It's just because you're not married and, you're still single. It's like, maybe you're not ready. Maybe your husband's not ready. You don't want to end up with someone who's not completely crazy about you. You want your husband to love you more than anything in the world. And you want him to love Jesus more than anything in the world. And like God's plan, like God's timing is perfect timing. And you can't take the reins on that. Like it's up to him. And because it's such an important part of life, like I've grown to understand that I'm okay with that. Like, I don't, I don't want my husband before he's ready i don't want my husband to have me before i'm ready god like what areas in my life do you need to mature me to get ready for that stage and then i also remind myself of once we get married and once we have kids like this quiet single season is forever over like when you sleep in on Saturday morning and you don't have kids pulling at your hair, you don't have a husband that's saying, we got to get this, this, this and this done today. Like you can enjoy being quiet and not answering to anyone and go do whatever the heck you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. Like this is a season that you need to enjoy and embrace because once it's gone, it's gone forever. And again, it's just like finding the good in this season and then finding the, because when you're a mom, like, how many moms have like new moms, you're they're like, I love my kid, but like, I just need some adult time. Like I need some quiet time. I need to go to the nail salon and just take a chill pill. It's like, girls, we get to enjoy that. Like we don't have, we don't have to worry about any of that. And like embrace that, get excited for that. Like there's nothing wrong with being single and being fabulous and like continuing to mold yourself into the woman that God has called you to be. Like there are don't be lonely like just look at the bright side of it and go do things like go into the crossfit gym be there for seven hours a day like i do like there's so many things that i'm gonna be sad like don't get me wrong can't wait to get married can't wait to have kids but like i'm almost like i need to enjoy all this stuff now while i can because once it's gone like i'm never gonna have this stuff back and like that that's sad you know
0: Absolutely. I think too, it's like, it's such a time to just pursue God and to pursue the things. Like you said, like you have no other commitment. So pursue God with all that you have. Um, I think singleness can be like the best gift you never asked for, you know, like it's like, it's like a tool set. Like you never really asked for a tool set, but you start to see over and over again that you're like, I'm glad they got me this tool set. Like I wasn't really excited (laughs) about it, but I'm really glad I got it because it has a lot of purpose to it. And so I think like a lot of people, that I know that are on the back end of their singleness who maybe had a long single season. They're like, man, like the, the intentional time I spent in my singleness growing towards Christ, growing in my gifts, growing in all these other times before I had, like you said, all these other things pulling me around, pulling me down, not pulling me down, but pulling time out of my schedule. Really. Um, I think that's awesome. I think being intentional in that is it's so good. And I heard the line this week that um, singleness or marriage won't solve your loneliness problem. It'll only solve your singleness problem. And so if loneliness is what you're really struggling with and you're trying to fill that void with a guy or a girl, God is the only thing that can fill that void. And so, yeah, you'll fix your singleness problem, but it's much better to be lonely in singleness than to be lonely in marriage. And so, and
1: and something that I learned from my last relationship was like, he wasn't the right person. And when like, you don't want to be with the wrong person because when you are with the wrong person, like yeah, it's fun for the first two years, and then you realize like I'm not being true to myself. This is not the person that God intended me to have. And like I said, like it comes in God's perfect timing. We just need to be patient enough to wait for it, but don't rush it. Like I, you'd much rather be alone than with like what what am I trying to say? Like I'd much rather be alone than be with with the be with someone that's not the right person. You know what yeah. I'm trying, what am I trying to say?
0: No, absolutely. No, I totally agree. And I think you're so spot on that it's it's like skydiving without a parachute, right? Like it's really fun until you have to put your hope in it. And so it's like the free fall <laughs> yeah. is cool and it's thrilling and it's fun and then once you realize like I have to actually put my hope in the fact that I don't have a parachute on. Um I don't know. I just walking in God's promise and design hasn't truly failed me yet. And so <laughs> I think him And
1: that's the thing is like God has never let me down ever. So why would I doubt him on the one of the biggest decisions of my life like of course he has that one in the bag like I can trust him like paying my bills I can trust him like waking up breathing every morning like yeah of course he's got my husband out there and of course he's gonna do fabulous things with my husband and I like why would I want to interrupt that plan by any means like he's got the perfect plan so like obviously my way that I've gone about my life has backfired and he's you know come in and taking the reins like yeah, I want him to also take the reins on that one because it's an, a 60, 70, 80-year decision that I have to make, <laughs> you mm-hmm.
0: know? No, absolutely. That's one you don't want to compromise on. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's awesome, Jess. So where can people find you, Jess, if they want to hear more from you, if they want to follow you, if they just want to be your friend?
1: Instagram is the best place. It's Jessica R. Griffith. Um, I am on Facebook, but I never checked that. Um, yeah, Instagram is really the main spot.
0: Awesome. What's in the pipeline? What can people be praying about you for? Uh, what do you, is there anything that God's just like, Hey, I need to say this last minute.
1: Um, I am in the process of writing a devotional. So I'm like, I verbalize that for the first time this week. Um, so putting it out there so people will hold me accountable to that. Um, so just praying that I have the discipline to go through with that because it's difficult and the devil definitely throws, whispers lies into my ear. Um, so I, I want to be a light and continue to share my story. So prayers for that powerful message to be shared with the world. Um, and then just like free from injuries. I love my life, my fitness life. And so the Lord's protection on my body and my travels and everything that I do would be awesome.
0: Heck yeah. yeah. Hey Jess, thanks oh, so much. Hey, so. What's up?
1: I have to give a shout out to Cody Coffee
0: hey yeah you do
1: we can't forget this if you're looking for awesome coffee check out Cody coffee they are phenomenal and good friends of old Quinn
0: here oh yeah old Quinny boy good stuff yeah I didn't pay her to do that so there you go (laughs) Jesse did send you some free coffee Um, (laughs) (laughs) heck yeah well hey Jess thanks so much really appreciate you girl hey thanks for having me glad I could share Man, guys, I hope that you got something out of that. I know that we did. Man, Jess is just such an inspiring person. We love the way that she walks, the way that she carries herself, and we're very thankful to partner with her, to work alongside her, and to call her a close friend of ours. So thank you, Jess. Hey, guys, before we get rolling and on out of here for the wrap of Season 1, got to give a huge shout-out to our sponsors, Cody Coffee Company. Like Jess said there at the end, use KNOWN as the code, K N O W N to get 25% off of your new favorite coffee. We don't just say that. We only promote what we believe in. So, hey, go and get it, www.codycoffee.com. Hey, guys, from the deepest, darkest depths of our hearts, darkest, that's kind of a weird way to say that, but from the depths of our heart, really genuinely thank you guys so much for the support of Known in its first premiere season. Uh, We look forward to bringing you guys more content from more diverse people. Uh, This first season, we're really just working the connections that we have, and really trying to get you guys quality content from quality people that we know are standing on platforms and willing to be vulnerable about the lives that they've lived. And so we're so thankful that this has encouraged encourage you in any way. So thankful that you guys have walked the narrow road with us. We're going to have another season. We just got to get some recording done first because school's going to get a little crazy here for us. So thank you guys again for your support. It means the world to us if you'd rate and review. Thank you to you guys who already have means so much. It only takes a few seconds. And so, man, really invest in what you believe in. And if you believe in us, man, if you could invest five minutes of your time to go leave a review, that means more than you know. So thank you guys so much. Thank you to Cody Coffee for sponsoring our premiere season of Known. Guys, go check us out at humbledaily.com Let us know if we can be praying for you in any way. We're going to keep releasing devotionals and keep releasing content as much and as best as we can. We hope it's encouraging. We hope it's edifying. We hope that you guys will go out there and be known. Because like we said at the beginning, a lot of the reason why you feel alone is because you're unknown. Go walk in the freedom of being known and the freedom of being loved. We love you guys so much. Let us know how we can help. Reach out. We're always here. Thank you guys.